Uh, welcome to the Bethel Radio Show. It's kind of interesting when I try to explain this, what we do on Wednesday nights to other pastors and churches and stuff, and inevitably they'll say, so is it a real radio show? And yes. I'll say, I'll say no. Uh, now, and I don't know how you spell this word, but I call it a motif, and so the radio show for me is the motif that we're using uh, for our Bible study. Uh, this is where a Bible study meets a transformational living, and uh, we try to take uh, a straightforward approach and sometimes humorous approach, so on and so forth. As you know, uh, I don't know, Brother Brad, we can't really uh, text uh, Tara tonight. Uh, <laughs> I guess you could if you wanted to, but my phone number, if you want to write this down, most of you should have it, and if, and if you don't have it, you should have it, 636 629 2526. Uh, that's a, a huge part of the show is for you to text in your responses. That keeps things lively and the such. We try to read those uh, and, and have them a part of the show. 636-629-2526. I would be honored uh, if you are a regular uh, here and it looks like everybody that's here is and if, I don't, if you know I don't have your number, if you would just say, hey, this is so-and-so, I'd love to plug you in so that if I need to contact you later, I can and vice versa. So with all that said, uh, we've got a, a, an exciting uh, lineup for you. First of all, we're going to start, as we did last week, with Romans chapter 12. We made it all the way through verse 1 last week. And so uh, we're going to start in verse 2. I'm going to pull it up here on my iPhone as far as the... Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. All right. So uh, verse 1 was, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. And we pretty much took up, uh, we are starting about 10 minutes late, so we're still going to give this uh, a 20-minute segment. Uh, but uh, we took the whole 20 minutes on that last week. So tonight, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Who, I'm going to try to play the part of Tara and somewhat remain quiet. You know how well that's going to work. Uh, but I'm going to let somebody else go first. Who wants to dive in? Be not conformed to this world. So there's an option to a whole nother way of life and looking at life there, um, a whole nother way of dealing with life. This occurred to me that somebody doesn't have Christ, it's no wonder that they uh, turn to alcoholism or they turn to, to um, some other form of comfort uh, for dealing with life where we have a, a whole different option for being, not being conformed to the world not, not allowing circumstances. So we don't to have press to go along with status quo. So, amen. Good stuff. Someone else. Does that apply? Just asking a quick question. Does that apply to our Christians as well? As far as every time I've heard this, and I, I know I know it does lead into it. Don't don't look at me funny. <laughs> what? what what I'm saying is is that what about in our lives? Don't be conformed to this world in our, in our Christian lives when we look at other things. Because in, in this time, when the, you know, when the writer was writing to the audience, there was a lot of legalism that was shown as far as what they believed in their faith walk. So could he have been pointing that, those things out as well? Or do you think that it was just that hard line in the sand against there's one, one way is, is the worldly way and one way is the Christian way and that was it? Or was, are there parallels between... Re the religious uh, I think leaders you could certainly of the time. apply to that area. So if uh, you're coming out of Judaism, out of the legalistic system that they have, into the the religion of grace and and faith, uh, this certainly could be a a warning. Don't go back to that uh, religion, religiosity, if you want to call it that. Or even the hypocrisy that existed in, at the time, you know, in that in that. And I, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I. I you can take this for face value and just say, don't, don't be like the world. But in trying to bring something else to the thought process, that, that was just something well, that popped in. Because the, the world does, the world is okay with religion. 
and you know, right. in fact, you know, they welcome it. That's right. We 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 joke about you know you're going to tithe to something, you're going to tithe to uh, cardinal tickets, you're going to tithe to Rams tickets, you're going to tithe to hunting, uh, fishing. I'm not spending any money on Rams tickets. I'm with saying. you. I'm with you. But you see where I'm going. Yeah. Well, and the same is true for religion. Some, you're going to have religion of some sort. Your religion is going to be you know fill in the blank with a, a world denomination that, that's not quote-unquote truly right. Christian. Materialism can, right. can potentially Mater be, is your, is your religion. be the religion that you, you subscribe bet. to if that's you what you, how you want to describe the it. The occult, you know, sure. whatever. And so I, I think that, you know, Paul is throwing all of that in here. Don't be conformed to this world. If, if, it, if it is outside of the biblical Christ, and, you know, we, let's have that conversation very quickly. Christianity is not religion. Religion is not Christianity. I think within the confines of these four walls, we can say, well, I'm religious about that, and, and not, you know, oh, well, no, wait a minute, you know, Christianity isn't really... I, 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 that aggravates me when people, you know, are standing there with their holier-than-thou type thing. But truly, in the world sense, religion is not Christianity. Right. What we're doing right here is not religion. It's hard for... It's hard for uh, the world to see that, though. Yes. I think it's very yes. hard for us, especially those of us who work in a secular environment, to explain that because that's how they see it. You know, when, when no I, doubt when, when I'm talking to my coworkers, uh, I'm sure that Gavin and Jeff have the same experience that they Christianity is a religion from their perspective, and so it it it, help, it sets the context. For so, that. what do you say to them? Well, when they... exa exactly what you said. Right. Exactly what you said. Right. And, and so, but the difference, the difference is, is that religion is man's attempt to get to God. Christianity is God's attempt to get to man. That, that's how you, because, because it's a fair question. Right. And it's a fair accusation that, oh, that's just another religion. Yeah. It's fair. Yeah. So one more thing on that first, maybe first part of that, uh, and before I cut Jeff off one more time, how, how far do we take that? Do not be conformed to this world. You know, a lot of. Live in a uh, tent. Yeah, I mean, how, how and how do how do we rationalize? You know, from a from a thinking Christian's perspective, I mean, we we have. Uh, I, I'm friends with a guy who spends a lot of time in Amish country. You know, obviously they've taken a hard line stance on some of the things they do and don't participate in when it comes to the things of this world. Uh, and so, they're very successful. And, and they are. So, so how do we, how, and maybe not how do we, but how do, how do you make that determination as to where the world starts and stops for well, us? There's a, there's a lot of preaching in this verse. <laughs> I'm just saying. And gone. A lot of, <laughs> Our moderator just got up and walked out. <laughs> that was a bad question. I didn't, I didn't pre-script that one. <laughs> well, and when I look at you guys, I break it down in a simple form. When I read this first little part here, I break it down to just to what does it mean in my daily life? Be not conformed to this world. And to me, it's always don't seek the common denominator that everybody else is going on with. Rise above that. Don't be like, you know, as a Christian, we should want to stand out, not just go along with. So everybody else is going to work. So, yeah. So, yeah. so should I not go to work? If you don't want to, well, but I mean seriously though, but I mean, then, that, that's because I've had that I've had that same thing but, thrown back in my face it, it, when I say, you know, just exactly what you're saying is, yep. how do we how do we do that? Go ahead. Well, and my point of when I get that same question, well, then should I not go to work? Well, certainly you may not go to work, but you're going to suffer the consequences of not striving to do your best. Well, and going to work is biblical. Yeah, I mean, and it's one of those things that when you look at it, I'm not saying that we. You know, we don't strive for the common denominator because the common denominator is not necessarily work or material things. It's when we're looking at this verse, I'm taking it from a spiritual point of view, is that do I let myself as a Christian get along and get along and just follow the path? Or do I stand up when my when something is said that I don't believe in? Do I just get along to get along? Or do I conform to the world and just be quiet, which Christians have done for many decades now, look at the shape we're in? Or do I take my stance and say, no, I will not conform to this world. I will take my Christian stance and say, I do not believe in abortion. I do not believe in slash, slash, slash. That's how I take it. That's my own personal interpretation of it. 
And, and I guess you could put a, like say they could put a, a whole bunch of sermons under this one little yeah. phrase in this. In this. Um, just the definition of conform, I pulled up on Google, it says be similar in form or type, agree uh, as one of the, the definitions, behave according to social accept, uh, socially acceptable conventions or standards, or comply with rules, standards, or laws, that, um, a given set of rules, standards, or law. But don't we have, I mean, again, so in, in a way we kind of have to conform with some yeah, but, so, but so he, how do I explain that specific, to my secular friends? Right. We're getting a specific command here, Todd. What, what, what? There's some different things about us that pe- the world should be able to see about us. So, 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 so let, let me throw the two words in that we're that we're tripping over, uh, and and Todd's trying to get us somewhere on this. Yeah. Uh, worldly, fleshly. There we go. Spiritual transformation. Okay. So uh, obviously we're supposed to work. You know, you're supposed to do what you can do to provide for yourself, and then, and then after you've quote unquote built this empire, then you realize it was all by God's grace and you know provision. Right. But the bottom line is, is that you don't build that empire the way Donald Trump would build it. You don't build that empire uh, the way some lost man would build it. You build it God's way. You build right. it spiritually. And I think it's motivation. Right, what, sure. What is the motivation? Sure. And there's a verse in Proverbs, and God. I can't remember the address specifically, but about the, the, the uh, sluggardness yeah. and, and mm-hmm. thinking about that and working, and that why am I working? Most of the world is going to work every day for the paycheck at the end of the week to spend it on earthly motives. Right, and, right. And when we... When we change the mindset from why I'm going to work, it's actually a worshipful behavior in mm. that the thankfulness for the ability to wake up in the morning and go to work, all of a sudden, now, now I'm not doing the same thing that they're doing. Now, now I'm doing something completely opposite to them because I've incorporated a, a level of reasoning behind right. what I'm doing that, that does set me apart from everybody else. That's so if, if you're, you, you could say motives, you could say priorities are different. So in, a, in the world, a businessman's priority is, to, is the bottom line to make money. If I'm a Christian and I'm a businessman, my priority ought to be to glorify God. Right, and that may that be, sometimes it, includes losing money. It, it, it absolutely, but it, it may, money. a lot of times, though, we look at that and we, we want to criticize you know, Christian business owners who are making money. And, and I think a lot of times that comes from a uh, fleshly perspective of, um, uh, I don't want to, it's not greed. What am I thinking of? I'm, I'm je- jealousy. I, I, you know, I don't have what you have. But sometimes that's a blessing for someone else because if you're making money, you're hiring people that are now, which we're going to get to later, are in your sphere of influence that you're able to then have conversations with that otherwise you wouldn't have. So, you know, I, I think that the motivation of bringing glory to God through everything that we do in every way possible, um, we, because we can't. Hunting is a great way. You know, I was blessed with the uh, some property to be able to share with people uh, that, that otherwise don't. I, I've told the story many times. I, I was a silver spoon kid growing up with private property. I didn't know. I was like, there, public ground butted right up to our private property, and I just thought, Wow, that's weird. People hunt. Why would they, why would anybody hunt over there? Until I found out that you know there's a vast <laughs> it's number the only thing of they people. have, right? right. Mm-hmm. And and you know when your eyes are open to that. So now for me, it's it's a blessing to be able to see people have a place to hunt on private property where they can harvest animals, Amen. and and Amen. it's it's a huge blessing to us, and it's it's an ability to teach Amen. our children and and bless other people. So I think when you're doing it for the glory of God, you're not being conformed to this world. Amen. But be ye transformed. By the renewing of your mind. So somebody give me a working definition of the word transformation. What we're doing right now. Okay. The renewing of our minds comes with every opportunity to learn, every opportunity to uh, just soak in the word and do it in a, a corporate setting as well as a private setting. Very good. So what what animal comes to your mind when you think of transformation? Butterfly. Butterfly. It's first thing I thought. You, you start at one state and you hopefully end in a much better state, and and something that's better. I, I've transformed the other way. <laughs> right. I, I, if you see my high school pictures, I'm 
pretty athletic looking guy. I've transformed the other way there you over, go. over time here. So by the renewing of your mind, it doesn't specifically state the scripture there. But, but do you think you're doing harm to the scripture to say that that's the implication? You know, that, that you, renew, you renew your mind through the word of God. Is, is, that, a, is that a... No, I don't think it's unfair no. to say that. I, I mean, I think you, yeah. you, you Based have on to. the context of the right. whole Bible. Yeah. yeah. You know, faith cometh by hearing, but hearing by the word of God. Yeah. Um, man doth not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Uh, all, the, all of the scripture is profitable, you know, for correction, for instruction in righteousness and as such. Uh, so, all right, we're, we're to not be conformed. So we're not to do the things that we do the same way the world does them. If, if I extrapolated from you three what you just said there. And we are to be different, transformed, renewed by the renewing of our mind through God's word. And prayer. Absolutely. Ab- absolutely. If you, if you actually think about this period of time, I mean, it's no different today, but... God's word was not a common thing. It was taught down through generational, but we're in a transformational period right now where Jesus is now not a actual, the scripture in the New Testament is not written yet. So we're going through, Correct. We're going through a thing where it's all it's being written. word of mouth. Mm-hmm. And it's also the only way to do this is through teaching and prayer mm-hmm. and learning and learning what we're being taught. And that a lot of that holds true still today. I mean, you know, I'm going to hit my sugar stick Sunday school. Sure. That's what Sunday school is about, is to renew our minds. We come to church. The preaching is a very important thing. It, it is here, but... You better say that. Yeah, sir. Somebody got to get paid. No. <laughs> Messing with but you. But when I look at it, but Sunday school is a time that when we should be our renewing our mind, we should be here to learn. That's why I kind of get quirky when I look up there and see that number. We're always 100 behind. So sure. that's one of the things of Sunday sure. school that, you know... If well, in Sunday school, you can participate. Yeah, and, and that's just, that is your chance. Right. For me to stand up and interrupt you and ask a question when you're preaching is well, not a good thing. Don't you, that's what Sunday school is for. Don't you think the hunger at, at times, you know, I think that we get bogged down with life, life today compared to what the church at that time was dealing with. I mean, you bring up a great point is they, they were actually writing the New Testament yeah. as we speak as we right. in context of, right. of this verse. And so there was hunger there. There was desire for more. There was a... The, they came to learn. They were being persecuted. Exactly, yeah. and so yeah. they, they were trying to to find out why why are we you know why are these people so um, about this leader this guy what however they put it at the time and all the while people being persecuted and and so there was a desire for more and they wanted to come they would stand for hours and listen to the preaching and and of the of the words of Jesus as as they were spoken and recanted mm-hmm. so I, I mean I, I just wonder if you know some of this could be applied to the busyness of our lives and that you sure. know how, how busy the world yeah. is today and that you know we need to we need to be more hungry for the renewing of our minds on a week so, in, week out basis. A- a- amen, without a doubt. And so, what's going to bring that? Okay, I, I've always persecution. Yeah, amen. I, I, I've al- I've always wanted to be the guy that didn't have to get flat slapped in the face to see what was right in front of him. And I'm not going to pretend that I am that guy, but I've always wanted to be that guy. Meaning, when when the quote-unquote inactive church members slash Christians get woke up, I want to be the guy that was already at church and faithful and such of that nature. I want to be... be, Be cool when it's not the cool thing to be? Correct. Correct. I think that was your line. I got that. I stole that from you. It's a country-western song. That's right. right. Because I am convinced, and we saw it at 9-11, the church houses were full for several months. Mm-hmm. type thing and when when persecute whatever whatever form it's going to take when persecution hits and at that point we may have to be an underground church but I, I, you know faithfulness is going to be renewed there I, I just believe that what you said life happens we're all busy with life we're bogged down I think was your phrase uh, and, and this brings up a thought that Gavin said, that when trials come, you drop the thing that you've been holding. I mean, you know, it's just like, boom, I'm done with that. 
you know, yeah. Lord, Lord, please right. forgive me, right. you know, type thing. And so when the heat is turned up, Christianity will get going. I believe that. Now, it is, un- it is unfortunate that it takes that. Why is Christ's cross not enough type right. thing? You know, why, and, and, and this is a sugar stick of mine right now. And, and I, I can't take you to the verse. I could find it for you. But God says in the New Testament that many times he uses his blessings to bring repentance. That you, you see how good you have it. And the Holy Spirit touches you and say, look, look, even with all you do, God is blessing. And it brings repentance. And so if all else fails, he'll turn to, you know, if you will, spanking our rear end. Anyway. To, to, uh, just to take, to, just to. We got one minute. Taking what you just said and adding to that some examples and, and just to summarize the verse there. And do not be conformed to, to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Two examples, the Ananias and Sapphira, when the church was first getting started in the book of Acts, they saw um, the example of Barnabas selling a piece of property and giving his all that money to the church for the propagation of the gospel. And they wanted to have that same kind of approval and acclaim. So they sold a piece of property and they gave a portion of it to the church and kept back another portion, but they said they gave it all to the church. So you know, initially I, I thought, why did Peter and the Holy Spirit and God take su- such exception to that act? They were being generous to the church. They were be giving to the church. And, and it finally occurred to me that there, there were, P- Peter knew that they had lied. The Holy Spirit knew they had lied. And somebody else knew they had lied. Anybody know who that person was? Knew that they lied about the price of the ground. The person who bought it. The person who bought it. All right. Who was that person? Make, makes me wonder, when they heard of what happened, oh, this is just another religion. This is just another... Uh, fake. Yep. Fake. Something uh, to do. Jim Baker. Culture. Yeah. Cult. He just throws the names around. <laughs> and then when they heard that Ananias and Sapphira, you know, they said, hey, how's it, you know, next time they're in conversation, hey, how's Ananias and Sapphira doing? They well, they're died. dead. They're dead. They died. <laughs> really? What happened? And then the story of what happened. I wonder if that person's in heaven. Right. I honestly wonder if Amen. that person's in That's heaven. That's good. And the, so um, being transformed is persuasive. Not being conformed to the way the world works is persuasive. It's supernatural. Somebody observing something supernatural when you do things the right way and you, you make an error that it's in your favor you write it. You give the money back. Mm-hmm. That's Amen. not the natural thing is to keep the money. Supernatural thing is to do the right thing. Just I know we're out of time, but transformed. How are you transformed? You're transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renewing uh, is alluding to the fact that you're not staying in the same mindset. And Gavin started that whole theme that it's a constant change. It's not staying the same. Even if you've made it to a level of prayer, even if you've made it to a level of uh, time, a quiet time with your Bible, there's, there's another place to get to, and uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Amen. All right, so in one sentence or less, what is the good and acceptable perfect will of God? Go, Todd. Uh, to be the, the mirror image of Christ. Very good. To be conformed to the image of Christ is exactly okay. what I was thinking. Yeah, to be same. I mean, All right, very yeah, good. But because that's how it ends it. You know, be not conformed, but be transformed so that you can prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And he was. Right. I mean, it's, he's, it, yeah. 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 Okay. Eight, eight uh, Jesus yeah. in the flesh, if you will. Uh, so one, one text here, I want to read this. I think we are spoiled in this country because we aren't under persecution. Christians in other countries have that hunger because they are judged for worshiping our Savior, in which is we brought that out, but I wanted to, that text came in before we actually uh, had nailed that down, so that's good stuff. I want to give a shout out to ja- uh, to Josh, who says that <clears throat> Diet Dew is his coffee. Amen. I say that I don't know how many times that I, I drink cold coffee. Okay, so uh, I'm take it. Hot coffee. Take it or leave it. Who's got one? Oh, I had one. I didn't write it down. <laughs> Josh, or what's your name? Todd. Todd you got Todd. one? Mm-mm. No. Uh, no. I'm good. 
I feel like I got it all. That's a Brad Bannerman statement. I feel like I got it all. Both sides of the media are so in the tank for their prospective candidate that you knew what was going to be said about the debates before they ever happened. Take it or leave it. Because Absolutely take it. Take yeah. it. All of the liberal media has said that, you know, what's her head was the Hillary. overwhelming Hillary winner. And then Fox has pretty much, you know, went with Trump. So you knew oh, that yeah. was going to happen before it ever happened. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 you talk, well, anyway, uh, that's all politics. Uh, doing life together. So uh, basically we want to let you know that there is a grief support group that meets in the library at 4.30 on Sundays. Our children's musical practice is happening at 5.30. Uh, your children are absolutely invited to be a part of that. It's not too late to join it. Uh, this Sunday evening, Lord willing, at 6.30 will be our end of the year business meeting. Uh, there is a diaper shower for Sister Sarah Moore uh, through August the 2nd. It is a girl. There is a table set up in the little uh, level there. If you go down the stairs, that little landing there, there's a table there. If you would like to help with some diapers. Uh, please submit names of military veterans attending Bethel on the bulletin board so we can honor them with a gift on Veterans Day. Uh, active military, fill out a block on the clipboard at the welcome booth so we can send cards, gifts, to your friends slash family in the service. September, that is tonight, Wacky Hat Night. We've seen some wacky hats here tonight. Uh, October, Pastor Appreciation Month. That's not just for me, that's for our staff. Uh, we ask you to participate in that. Uh, October the 2nd, that is this Sunday, National Life Change, uh, Life Chain, uh, 2.30 p.m. in Union on Highway 50. F from Highway 47 to Independence Drive, Life Chain is a peaceful witness to end abortion. Signs available at Union Auto and Appliance Connection. What we'll do, if, if, if you want to go, uh, just we go and you find a place to park, and then you, we kind of come to a central location, pass out the signs, and then we go back out and we just hold up the signs. That's all we do. We don't say a word to the people passing. We hold up the signs. That's all we do. You'll get a lot of honks, meaning support. You'll get some other signs as well. <laughs> just the truth. It's just the truth. Uh, I do believe that it is a tremendous peaceful way, uh, if you will, to protest. It, it truly, truly is. All right. Uh, second segment, speaking of protest, Colin Kaepernick, patriot or traitor? Dun, dun, dun. All right. So I'm going to share with you my points and then kick it to you. I truly do not know where I'm at on this issue right now, meaning it crawled all over me when I saw it. I'm a patriot. If you don't know me very well, I'll tell you. I'm a patriot. It's always my first go-to move. I'm going to support our government. I'm going to support our troops. I'm going to support our country. Uh, but I do not think that he is wrong, quote-unquote, for doing it, I think he is wrong in why he is doing it. This is my humble opinion. When you listen to what he says, there are Mack truck-sized holes in his argument. Their arguments. There's not one single instance where a policeman has been that they, everyone has acknowledged that this man or woman has killed a black man and then given paid leave. They've been given paid leave per policy until they can ascertain whether or not this person is guilty of a crime. As soon as, like the instance in Oklahoma, this woman has now been charged with murder. I dare manslaughter. 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 There you go. I dare say that she's no longer on paid leave. Uh, so, you know, th there's some obvious holes in his arguments. And then I would ask, has he done on the police side what he proclaims should be done on the side of, quote-unquote, Black Lives Matter? In other words, has he walked a mile in their moccasins? Has he put, put himself in those positions? I, I dare say he hasn't. So... Uh, the problem for me in these issues is that we are not allowed to use reason because our reason has been proclaimed to be racism. 
And so when you try to, if you will, argue or battle with some of these folks, everything you throw out, you're racist. It's racism. Have at it. Yeah, I, I think we're, I, I think he's wrong, on, and I, I think I'm wrong on multiple levels. He say, he's say, stating why he's uh, protesting, not staying for the flag, but the flag stands for so many more things than police uh, relations with their community. Uh, the flag led the liberation of Europe twice. It liberated Iraq, Kuwait, Afghanistan, and of course all those liberations were, were ceded, uh, unfortunately in, the last, in this last decade they've been ceded back, uh, seemingly ceded back. The, the principles that we put together as the founding of this country weren't accomplished when they put them on paper. But we've been working toward the accomplishment of those principles for 230 plus years. So it's not a matter of I'm protesting the flag. It's not just the, you can't just say I'm not going to honor the flag because of one instance. And I'm not saying there's not instances where there's, there's obvious abuse. But the system's working. In the case in the Oklahoma shooting, the system is working. That's how it's supposed to work. When there's a, a person that takes law matters in their own hands, or they're, you know, in, in the worst case scenario, they're not trained properly, or they are motivated by racial uh, prejudice. Or they make a mistake. Or make a mistake. Honestly, in that kind of job, I can't imagine the pressure on a... Right. Uh, a fireman or a police officer, when there are bullets flying or there's an accident that just happened or you, you feel like your life's threatened, to make the right decision every time has got to be tough. Um, and in any case, the system works. Um, we, we had a case of uh, Michael Brown where he, the s system was working and a person who had just robbed a small grocery store or quick stop and had, was high at the time and then assaulted a police officer after asking him to get out of the street, he assaulted the police officer, then the right thing happened there. I, I, he's, he's attacking a police officer. A lot. It doesn't matter to me what color he is. My brother, just a side note here, my brother proposed to me, I proposed this, this discussion with him. He's in the, he works for a police department, I don't want one put out where he's at, where he works. He says that he, he thinks that um, whenever a trial starts, that the person being charged should be in a booth where you can't tell gender or race. Just put him in a booth where you can't tell gender or race. You, you can hear microphones, you can hear everything, you just can't see who it is. And let, let things play out like they would naturally from the evidence. So uh, one texture here says he has the right to sit, but he has to take the fallout that comes with it. Amen. Uh, Jeff? And actually, it is a U.S. code, and I do believe it's 36. My phone just died on me. I was trying to look it up. And the observance of the national anthem is for all citizens to stand. And then it's where your hand over the heart, or if you place your hat over your shoulders or your hands on your heart. So, and it is punishable by law. It's never been enforced, but there is a, there is a U.S. code. I was code. not aware of that. There is a U.S. code 36 that is, I think it's 30. Gosh, I wish my phone hadn't died. But I looked it up this this afternoon at work, and look at learning a U.S. code. I think it's 36, Gavin. But it comes through, and it actually explains it by what the basic U.S. code has said is Kyle Kaepernick did break the law by not standing. Not working. Okay. Me and I on switches. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> but anyways, the code the code states and it addresses how to do it. Now, do I think that he has the right to sit? He certainly does. But like you said, he has to also face the repercussions of it. But the plaintiff's fact is everybody's saying he has he doesn't have to stand. Well, as a U.S. citizen, when the national anthem is played, you are required by U.S. code to stand for it, stand at attention. All military personnel are to salute if they're in uniform, or if a military person is not in uniform. Yeah, that's it. Well, and, and then one one marine got in trouble marine. because she didn't. Was she a marine she, or she, she a sailor? Sailor. Okay, sailor. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> she, you got she, two she, marines. She, she, Thanks, did Randy. she did the whole. She did the whole. You know. Yeah. Black power thing, and she got in trouble. She got in trouble, but you know, but there is. Well, there's a whole different standard for the military, uh, those who are in the military, actively enrolled, and and those who, you know, just regular 
citizens as far as, and I, and I, I, don't, I don't know the particulars on what, how the flag code is enforced as far as can be or can't be. I'm not saying that it's not, but right. uh, there's definitely a line. When you, when you, when you sign up, you're, you're agreeing to some things with the military that you can and can't do. You've kind of waived your rights accordingly. So would it have been wrong? And you know it's not going to happen in the NFL most likely because they are very much catering to the liberal, um, what would the word be, talking points. But if the coach would have said, you sit, you know, in, in the national anthem, you're going to sit in the game. Or even the owner say, you know, you're going to lose your contract. I mean, I don't think it would have been. I don't think it would be wrong. But right. the problem is, is the fallout for us. Those of us that believe that way don't own an NFL football team. Right. So you know, with with that being said, the, those people, the coach, as well as the, I mean, the coach has a job to do, and if the, the chain of command tells him what to do, and if he tell if he's told to sit, then he then he sits, and if he doesn't, then he doesn't. Yeah, and I said he was wrong. I didn't say he didn't have the right. I just think he's wrong. Right. I, and honestly, I, I want to get unchristian and call him names. You, you, you're lacking in intelligence and respect when you don't see everything that the flag stands for. The, the black women, the black men, the, the Native American men, women who died under those colors, you're, you're disrespecting them also. Um, you're, you're disrespecting a country that's dedicated itself to freedom and and not just our own, we felt so strongly that freedom is the way men and women should live that we've risked our lives and died in other nations. Somebody said the other day that protesting racism in America with the American flag is like protesting racism in America with cheeseburgers. It's the exact same thing. Right. There, there is no correlation whatsoever. None. Nothing. There's nothing about the American flag that promotes racism in the United States of America. Nothing. If anything, that flag stands for the sacrifices of the men and women who died for the freedom for that young man to, to kneel on that field. Amen. And, and the fact that those people who are doing it are making it about something other than that is an atrocity at best. And, and so I, do, I, do I think it was wrong? Absolutely. But it's wrong on a respect level. It's, a, it's wrong on a respect level for the country and for the sacrifice of those men military uh, people who laid their lives down for him to be able to do that. And I think we miss that in, in the, the there's, no, there's no correlation. There's just no correlation. During rendition of the national anthem when the flag is displayed, all present except those in uniform should stand at attention facing the flag with the right hand over the heart. Men not in uniform should remove their headdress with their right hand, hold it at their left shoulder, the hand being over the heart. Persons in uniform should render the military salute at the first note of the anthem and retain this position until the last note when the flag is not displayed. Those present should face toward the music and act in the same manner they would if the flag were displayed there. Very good. And then you shout and whistle That's after right. the flags. Play ball. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to move on now. Uh, I know I'm getting old because... You guys got something for me? Yeah, I, I prepared right. for that one. I, I noticed that the needle of my grumpy meter is in the red. So, a lot. Lately. A lot. The, I'm getting old. The meter for your grump. Say that again. So the, the needle on, the needle my, on, on your grumpy, grumpy meter is meter, in the red right? a lot. Say that three times fast. Uh, Todd, you got one? No. I know you're not old, but. I'm yeah. not. I mean, old. you are compared yes. to young people, but <laughs> not compared to us, you're not. You got anything? Yeah, yeah. I do. I was, in fact, it happened to me today. I was sitting there working. A young man came in, and we were talking about something. And he, he's a truck driver. He's been driving for this company for about five years. And he says, and I made a statement, and he looked at me and goes, you're alive in the 70s? And I said, yes, I was. <laughs> and he goes, when were you born? And I go, the 50s. I was born in 1950. He goes, sir, my grandfather's younger than you. You know you're getting old when you get that line <laughs> dropped on you. Like, oh, man. Well, oh, man. mine's similar. I know I'm getting old because the swing between my good days and bad days are getting shorter <laughs> and more pronounced. In other words, the bad days are coming around more often, and the severity is greater. <laughs> it's just unbelievable how bad you can feel. Um, all right, so uh, third segment here is, um, so there was a reference to concentric circles of concern, and, and you know that we're trying to work in a segment 
weekly on raising kids, but that's kind of uh, Tara's baby, if you will. And so we're going to hold that to the next time she's here. Uh, but she uh, offered uh, the other day in a text, why don't we look at concentric circles of concern a little deeper? And so what I want to do is, is I want to encourage you at some point in time to sit down with a piece of paper and pencil and write your concentric circles of concern. Uh, but tonight, just, just kind of work with us as we go through ours. We're not going to name a lot of names, but I'll give you a for instance. So my first ring would be my immediate family. That's your first ring also, Don, Molly, Benjamin, Tony. That, that, that's my first ring. And so do I know that everyone in that ring has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Second ring is your, what I would call your extended immediate family. These are the folks that you eat Thanksgiving dinner with. These are the fa- folks that you eat Christmas with, and you know what I'm saying. So, you know, for me, it's uh, Betty, Bobby, Vicki, Brian, Aaron, Matea, Victoria, Nanette, Zebediah, William, Alicia, Chris, Barry, Tammy, Alex, Carrie, Anna, Ken, Joe, Debbie, Josh, Sarah, Titan, Gunner, Diane, Denise, Gavin, Caleb, Sarah, Megan. That's my, that's my uh, second ring. But now the third ring is your extended family. I didn't name those. For one, I don't know all of them. But that kind of brings a new level of conviction for me. Can I truly argue that I'm not going to be responsible for their soul's condition when I stand before God? They were kin to you and you didn't care enough to find out type thing. Okay. Fourth ring would be your friends. Fifth ring would be your neighbors and workmates. And then sixth ring would be your acquaintances. These are the people that you see at QT occasionally. Uh, but you see them enough that you, you recognize them and the thing. So uh, when you write that out, you're going to get into the 60s to 80s to the 120 folks. The, when you hear me say in the prayer every Sunday morning, our sphere of influence, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your concentric circles of concern. This started with a book years and years ago when my dad was a young preacher uh, that a, a, another preacher walked out to a pond one day and he threw a rock. And when it hit, he got, and, and, and this is actually some sort of a legitimate, if you will, technical term, concentric circles of concern. One circle affects the next, okay? And so he was led of the Lord as a result of that little experiment to go and, and put his life into a concentric circle of concern and then ask himself the question, what am I doing to figure out whether these people are prepared for their home going or not. So basically, you know, what I want to ask tonight, and we can talk about it, and we're going to eventually get into bridge sentences because uh, that was brought up. What, what bridge sentences do you have? In other words, sentences that you can say that you can walk across that bridge to talk to them about their soul's condition. What level of surrender would have to happen for me to achieve this kind of soul winning? A greater surrender than what I have now, I guarantee you. To, to be so concerned now that I'm going to go ask my mom, okay, who all am I kin to type thing? And do you have their addresses? Do you have their phone numbers? What, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, what level of surrender would it take for you to get these bridge sentences down to, to memory so that when you meet these people at the hospital, when you meet these people at the QT, you're ready to go when the Holy Spirit says, okay, this is exactly what I'm talking about type thing. Comments before we move to bridge sentences. So uh, you, you know, what level of commitment, I think, is what you said? What, what level, what level of, of surrender would I have to achieve? What, and what level? I don't like the word commitment anymore. Yeah. Because uh, commitment is based, you know, you're my making inner, a decision. Surrender is. <laughs> yep. I'm on the altar. Yeah. I'm on the. And right, that's what you right. need to do when a policeman comes with a gun. Let me say. Yes. FYI. Yeah. FYI. Um, so. So. A level of surrender and a level of um, transparency uh, because those people know how you live right. and how you have lived. Right. Uh, being honest, especially with, in my case, cousins who you've partied with and you've done things that were not glorifying to the God, to have the bridge sense, hey, you know, to, when we were kids, we did a lot of fill in the blank. Uh, I just want you to know I've, I've changed. I, I'm not, not judging you, but. Um, that's not part of my life anymore. I spend a lot of my time in church activities, and I, I feel like that you should know why I changed. 
So what, what, what has changed my priorities? The, you, you bring up a, an amazing point there. I can't tell you how many people have told me, well, I can't witness to them because they know how I used to be. They know who they are. Well, that's the elephant in the room then. Right. In my opinion, that's the best witness. That's, that's exactly right. It's the funnest witness. Yeah. Because they're like, you know who? exactly what I was. <laughs> now you need to get to know who I am. And why. Right. right. And, and, and I think it's such, it's, it's such a great hope for, for change. Somebody who's maybe stuck in a lifestyle that they don't see any way out of, and they look at somebody who they was right there with them, and they they see a, a completely different life. They see a complete, I mean, there's there's no no chance that those people are not going to see a difference in you. I mean, I hope. you know. Oh, and, my goodness. And, and just based off of actions, the stories that you've told me. I'm <laughs> unless they're in a line of the common, bank. Unless they're seeing something now that I'm not seeing. Brad, turn his mic off. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, with that being said, I, I think it's it's such a, an encouragement at times, if it's done properly, and, and you guys know that, uh, that that's a, the big thing is doing that it may properly. be the bridge. Yeah, the, it really the, is. And it, that's what I was going to say is I, I don't necessarily know that I have one go-to bridge sentence. No, no, I, no. I most often, if, Plural. We, if we're going to segue into yeah. that, is I'll, I'll ask a question to the person about what it is that they've either, either most of the time it's, 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 we're in a discussion about a current events topic. And so I'll, I'll ask questions to them about their argument for it. Whatever their argument is that I may not necessarily agree with uh, based off of scripture or what, whatever we're disagreeing on and just say, so, so how did you get there? What, what got you to that point? And then I'll ask questions like, well, most of the time it's truth. Well, mm -hmm. where, did tr where did that truth come from? Who, who who defined that? Mm -hmm. And 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 then I'll, you know that was a Gavin thing. Uh, love is another one. Well, what is? How do you how do you define love? Mm -hmm. And then I'll, and then I'll immediately turn from that person and ask somebody else what their definition of love is, and it will be completely different right. from what this person is. Well, wait a minute. What makes his definition of love wrong? And so then you know it's it's that it's the ability to almost break down the walls of the argument and poke holes, so to speak. Without having to be negative, you just you're just asking questions. Right. Now it definitely will turn negative when every right. question that they ask, you know, our answer always kind of seems to end in a in a dead end. Right, and that's ultimately when you get the ability and uh, the opportunity to say, well, when they say, well, who defines your love? Right. In, in an antagonistic, well, yeah, God defines Amen. my love because the Bible says, Amen. you know. So well, I'm going to see how that works Sunday. Because Todd asked me about a post I made last week, and this post set off a firestorm with a lot of my friends. Because I'm, I'm not the most eloquent person. I say what I feel, and I usually sometimes it's really raw. What? Well, this set off four or five of my friends. Well, they started Facebooking back and forth, and from the outcome of it is, there's five of us meeting Sunday after church, and I have not seen any of these guys since 1979. And they said, well, let's meet for drinks. And I said, well... No. Bridge sentence. <laughs> they, I said no, and my and you know we're instant messaging this, and they were like, "Well, why not?" I said, "Well, I'm a Christian and I do not drink," and all of a sudden they went the group went from five to ten because they want to see if Jeff is really a Christian, and I said, "I got my yeah. chance. I got cool. myself a captive audience of ten of my old friends that I can sit down with and talk about Jesus Christ." And I'm, and I told them, "Hey, if I'm coming, I'm not shying away from it either because right. most of these guys aren't." And they said, "Well, come on and talk." So good. I got the chance. But the catchphrases now for me is, yes, I was that. But look at me now. You know? Right. Which Jeff do you like better? The one that's sitting here being nice and polite or the one that would throw you over the table? Let's go. So that's what we're going to. Yeah. You got to be nice, though. <laughs> well, OK. So but give me, guys, because, Todd, the, the, what, what I gathered from what you just said there was more of, a, of an apologetics discussion. So, so, so sure. but what I'm asking is more along the lines of, and even though that's got its place, and especially in today's setting, you may have more of those than what we're talking about here, but this is just pretty much straight up a soul-winning opportunity. You, you know, in other words, the, the, you, you sense, you, you're getting from the Spirit that He wants you to bridge the conversation to a spiritual setting, which may lead to the apologetics. <laughs> And, and so what bridge sentences do you use to turn the subject towards God? And it could be one and the same. I, the, what Tara said me, to me basically was, you, you're a preacher, it comes easy. And 
the reality is is that it, it doesn't come easy. It's a battle every time. But I do get it. I, I do it on a weekly basis. So there certainly has come a level of comfort. But the first thousand times, I, you know, it, it was difficult because I had to die to flesh and I had to take, quote, unquote, the chance. So uh, what I've got here are several just, just ideologies, if you will, uh, different bridges for each one of these rings. So my first ring would be, I wouldn't be a very good father or husband if I didn't make sure of your soul's destination type thing. You would be shocked and surprised, and maybe you wouldn't because it may be this way in your relationship. I certainly hope not. But you would be shocked and surprised how many times that I find out in a counseling situation that man and wife have never talked about their soul's eternity. They don't know. They don't know. Is your husband going to heaven? I have no clue. What? 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 You know, uh, so, so tell me about your wife's, you know, uh, salvation. Man, I don't know if she is or not. Been married for 10 years type thing. So with all that said, it's extremely important that, that we be able to talk to these people that we're closest to, that we care the deepest about, so on and so forth. Comments? It, it, I, don't, I don't think I have a, a, a go-to bridge sentence, but there are circumstances that certainly open the door to it. Right, so, you bet. Um, it, be, it could be, I've had discussions at work about God and Christ, Christianity and ask uh, workers about their, whether they believed in God, what their relationship with God was because of the, the uh, Easter walk. You know, we told, told right. them about the Easter walk or something happened in, on the news. So there, there can be things that, that come up that are natural bridges to the conversation. Um, it just makes it a lot easier, not not very awkward. And that's what I was going to say is I think that all too often, you know, and that's where the having a different kind of having a different circle, it, it's a little easier to bridge by finding out once you define where love comes from and truth comes from and and the things that apologetics gets you to, then then you it's it's almost an open door to, well, if if this is where we've defined everything by, and this tells us that there's eternity to look forward to. Aren't you a little worried about that? Sure. You know, if, if you're or not at least sure. interested oh, oh, in hearing yeah, that. Or, or at least, you know, don't, don't we need to have a, a more of a conversation about that rather than what we're talking about right now and making arguments for these things that are existing right now? And so I, I, I think that for me, most often when it comes down to um, an eternity conversation or, or a salvation experience, it's always come from an apologetics viewpoint, and it's so dependent on, on whatever's going on in, in, in the world. And mine is, for this week, and I've been thinking about how am I going to approach this, and mine is going to be, well, y'all know what's new in my life, what's new in yours. Very good. And I'm going to go with that, and just work from there, you know, and right. just tell them why the conversion happened. You know, right. I, you know, you guys know the old me, and you guys know where I would have ended up, either right. dead or in jail. So this is what happened. And what has happened in your life? Why are you, have you made this commitment? I'm just going to flat out ask them, where are you guys standing? Right. You know, I'm, I, like I said, I'm pretty blunt. And if you guys are talking, keep hearing this word apologetic, Sunday night at 530 is a good time to learn about it. <laughs> we had a great Amen. crowd Sunday night. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Thanks, everybody.